the blast from our past network. And that completes my final report until we reach touchdown. We're now on full automatic in the hands of the computers. I've tucked my crew in for the long sleep, and I'll be joining them soon. In less than an hour, we'll finish our sixth month out of Cape Kennedy. Six months in deep space. By our time, that is. According to Dr. Hasline's theory of time in a vehicle traveling nearly the speed of light, the Earth has aged nearly 700 years since we left it. Well, we've aged hardly at all. <laughs> Maybe so. This much is probably true. The men who sent us on this journey are long since dead and gone. You who are reading me now are a different breed. I hope a better one. Talking Back. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talking Back. I'm your host, Tim. With me is co-host Dean, and we are back again for another entry into our year of time travel. Hey, Dean. Hey, Tim. It's time again. It, it keeps, uh, it always surprises me when it's time to do time travel again. It's a lot of time. I said time a lot. Keep going. Time to do time travel. You can write this shit. I know you can. This time, the time travel movie was a good time. That's it. That's all I got. Time is on my side. Yes, it yes. is. Yes. And cut. And scene. And Great. roll tape. Let's take it from the top and <laughs> do it better. <laughs> do it better this time. Hey, everybody. Can't Welcome get... to Talking Back. Uh, this is the year of time travel. Right? Yep. <laughs> and you cut. got it, Tim. <laughs> and roll tape from the top. From the top. Uh, well, everybody, joyously riding on your lawnmowers. Yes. We're covering Planet of the Apes from 1968 today. It's a long time ago. Yeah. Time is relative, Dean, if we've learned anything from our. Okay. Uh, yeah. Early stint into time travel. Fair, fair. Now, uh, Planet of the Apes, uh, it's considered a, a classic, right? This is an all-time classic. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I had never seen it before. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I had seen like a couple minutes out of it. Okay. And unfortunately, I think when I like sat down and someone, it was a grown-up, some fucking grown-up trying to force me to watch this movie. Fucking grown-ups. I'm pretty sure that I tuned in for the scene where they show the guy who had just had a lobotomy. Oh, yeah. And okay. I was like, yeah. don't, be, don't make me watch this fucking movie. No, I'm not going to watch this. Is, I don't like this stuff. No, I'm terrified you. of stuff like this. So I was like, of course. Planet of the Apes, not for me. Bad. Yeah, Planet of the Apes, bad. Bad. Jaws, good. I'm, apes, bad. Jaws, good, yeah. Jaws good, ape bad. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Planet of the Apes. I'm a huge fan of the franchise. I actually really liked it when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, I liked 
Yeah, I was I was like a big fan of all of them. So and I've I've just sort of reintroduced myself to them because I hadn't watched them since I was a kid, and I've rewatched them all now again and just like fell back in love with them. I I really love this franchise. Nice. Well, I mean, I had a wonderful time with this movie as a grown up who's not afraid of lobotomies. Heck yeah. I guess if I had known earlier that Rod Serling of Twilight Zone fame was involved in writing the screenplay, I probably would have watched it a long time ago. But I didn't yeah, that know about makes that. A l- yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I did not know about that either. And uh, that makes a lot of sense because that's exactly what I was thinking watching it. This is a just long Twilight Zone episode. Feels like it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really dug it, though. I, 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 I thought the... I guess initially on the surface level, the idea doesn't do it for me. Another reason why I didn't really go out after this movie, like, oh, flip the script. Your gorillas are in charge. A cool idea. But they <laughs> they go like way deeper with that idea. Oh, yeah. So I was yeah. I was basically giving this movie no credit. Right. And yeah. then when I watched it, I'm like, oh, I was completely off with this one. Right. And they really yeah. like... They have some deep themes going on, and I really enjoyed the story that they were telling. So, um, yeah, like a like a quarter of this movie is in like a courtroom. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a courtroom drama. A, a a third of it is in the like the Arizona desert, which is like one of my most yeah, favorite yeah. landscapes in the in the on the entire planet. For sure, we'll get to that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess speaking of that, I thought the cinematography in this movie was the hero for me. Yeah. I was just yep. completely blown away with it. Yeah, it's like not a ton, especially at the beginning, like not a, a lot is happening, but they are just building a huge world by the shots. Like just by the cinematography, they are building this story. And uh, yeah, it just feels feels vast. Yeah, that was my favorite part. Like the first 30 minutes where nothing's happening. It felt like an episode of that show we, we would watch together, Moving Art. Yeah, totally. It's just like another episode of that. I, I dug that. We, we love that. Yeah, exactly. Now, not a hero in this movie, the use of nets. <laughs> not, not. <laughs> no, I agree. It's not exactly a glowing recommendation for using nets. No. I would say. They, they just seem to suck. What, so like, pe- yeah, people were always getting out or not being in any sort of trouble when the net gets thrown, yeah. or the net the net is working counterintuitively and pulling the apes off of their horses. Yep, it, like there was the rare occurrence where they actually captured someone in a net, but it really felt like that was like the odd time, and most of the other times you're like, don't worry. They're coming with nets. We'll be fine. Even when they're successful, it's like, was that what you wanted? Is this the outcome you wanted? This person in this net that they can probably just get out of? Like, they're not really caught real good. (laughs) I don't think this was exactly what you wanted out of this. Yeah, lots of funny net moments. Oh, yeah. But pretty non-threatening. Yeah, bad network. Oh, nice. Nice didn't, network. Didn't even mean it. Didn't 
They didn't. They had real poor networking. Real poor networking for sure in this movie. Now, synopsis for anybody who doesn't know what this movie's about. An astronaut crew crash lands on a planet where highly intelligent non-human ape species are dominant and humans are enslaved. I found it quite interesting that within this movie where the apes are in charge, well, I guess the, they call them the, uh, the, 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 the simians. So maybe simians is right. I don't know. They were using a word that I didn't know. We won't just call them apes because there's more than apes, but in this world of apes and orangutans and chimpanzees, they had a a class structure within them, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. You had the gorillas who were like the workers in the military because they're supposed to be strong, even though they're not. They seem to have the strength of a mere human. (laughs) The or- orangutans. This is a, a really tough word to say. Orang orangutan. Right. I don't say it like that. Or, or- how do you say it? I say orangutan. You just say it fast. Orangutan. Orangutan. Yeah. Orangutan. Well, it's a silly name because it's just like they're trying to say like orange orangutans. Right. Because, <laughs> because they're, they're orange. orange. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then someone just kind of like took a letter out and it becomes yeah. orangutan, even though it basically looks like orange tans. Orange tans. Yeah, they I get what they're going tans. for. Yeah. They're orange. What do you call what the hell do you call these? There's another subspecies of ape? What do we exactly. call this one? I don't know. They're orange. They have Figured so out. many animals they have to name. It's like they probably thought they had them all. And then another oh, one pops up. That's ah, just the orange the orange one. It's the orange one. Oh, tan. yeah. I would have done the same thing. I would have been so over it by the time of you course. get to the orange ones. Yes. Well, uh, the orangutans are, they oversee <laughs> government and religion, which yeah. cool. uh, that's a conflict of interest, unfortunately, Yeah. yeah. that um, comes out in the movie. They're also complete assholes. They are. They definitely are. And then you have the chimpanzees, who are the intellectuals. There are the scientists and the doctors. So I had a lot of fun watching just how they kind of broke down this structure of their uh, civilization. Yeah, very cool, because now you can have conflict amongst the um, all of the apes uh, in, the, uh, yeah, in the civilization here, because if it was just... If it was just like man versus ape conflict, you know, that's one level of it. But you also have ape, ape, ape conflict with each other. So that's, uh, yeah, it was, it's very interesting stuff. It's, it's kind of my favorite stuff is getting into that. Sure. Yeah, it was uh, some, some of the stuff I wasn't expecting at all out of this movie. And it yeah. surprised me and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, this movie was released in 1968 with a budget of $6 million. The film grosses $33 million and was considered a box office hit. Nice. This movie was loosely based on a novel. It was directed by Franklin J. Schaffner. Music by Jerry Goldsmith, who's yep. back after scoring Star Trek Insurrection from a couple weeks back. Nice. Okay. He came well, back after back... Insurrection for this movie. <laughs> I was very confused. I was like, Tim, this movie is way before Insurrection. Ah, uh, yes, yes. In an yeah. odd time travel twist, he scored Ooh. Insurrection before right, he true. scored this yeah. film. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. Now, he, this is great. This is great stuff. Jerry 
Hey, we used to give hugs out on this on this podcast. It's been a while. I'm going to give a hug to Jerry here. He allegedly wore a gorilla mask while writing and conducting the score to better get in touch with the movie. I mean, yeah, of course. Of course he would. That's excellent. Where is the footage of yes. Jerry Goldsmith in a gorilla mask directing or um, they, they call it uh, um, composering? Com- <laughs> composering. No, conducting. He's there conducting. I like conducting an, or- <laughs> conducting an orchestra. Yeah. In a gorilla mask. I need to yeah. see that, YouTube. <laughs> Where is it? Like, honestly, just play that footage over the credits. Why isn't that playing over the credits? Like, yeah, right. That would or be great. him in the movie. We would love it. Yeah. Yeah. They had a church scene uh, in the movie. He could have been just off to the side conducting the choir. Of course. Yes. I did find the score very uncomfortable. Mm, yeah. I like, while I understand how excellent it is, it made me feel very uneasy. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things he was doing was using like steel mixing bowls and just like hitting them with metal objects to get this like really uncomfortable sound. So there's a lot of like that type of stuff going on. Very inventive. And yeah, he earned an Oscar, uh, he earned an Oscar nom for, okay. for uh, the score. Didn't yeah. win, but um, this basically launched his like career. Oh, nice. Yeah. He, he creates a very interesting sound that, like cuts into you you know it's like you can feel it you can feel your nerves you can feel yourself tensing up and he he goes for it right away like i had to turn it down right away just because it was like hurting me like actually the music was hurting me which is great for the movie because it's a very you know they're on a strange planet you know what what to you don't know what to expect you don't know what's around the next corner so it just like that music made you feel like that which is amazing that's so amazing that he could channel that so perfectly to make you actually physically feel how you're supposed to feel while watching it. Yeah, yeah it was very good. Now this movie starts off on a spaceship and we see that Earth time is the year 2673, but ship time is 1972. So an early nod to uh, time travel and time dilation. Yeah, for sure. Where as you approach the speed of light, time slows down for you. So this spaceship, which has been traveling oh so fast, time has gone very slow. And meanwhile, back on Earth, it's tra- uh, time is traveling at a different time. And it's way ahead in the future. Way ahead. Everyone you know is dead. Yeah, man, we'll get to that. But holy shit, settle down, Captain Taylor. Oh, my goodness. Taylor needs to chill in this movie. He is intense. No doubt. Uh, Really cool looking spaceship. I loved the exterior and the interior. Uh, The chairs threw me off a bit. They have like, okay, it's all kind of like sci-fi looking ship. And then... Like modern 60s right. office leather office chairs. That's funny. That they sit in. I did not notice the chairs. I've seen this movie like, I don't know, 10 times. I've never noticed the chairs on 11. On, on watch number 11, I'm, I'm looking for those chairs. Yeah, it's just like we don't have time to make something. Just go to Staples. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So Charlton Heston is playing Captain George Taylor. He talks to himself a little bit before going into stasis with the other members of the crew for their return trip to Earth. 
it's a short but very intriguing opening. It, yeah, so is there plan to go back to Earth here? Is that really is that the plan? Yes, that is correct. Oh, how okay. have I have how have I only seen this twice and you've seen it 10 times and I know that and you don't. Because I was a little I'm a little confused always every time I watch it on this point because I did think that they were just going out into space and then they were returning home. But then, you know, Taylor makes a comment later about that's why they, you know, they have a woman so that they can start a new civilization somewhere. So then I'm thinking, oh, I, I thought they, you know, I thought they were just going home to Earth, but maybe they are supposed to land on a new planet and start a civilization and maybe report back to Earth. I don't know. So I get confused at that part. Oh, uh, okay. I, yeah. I definitely got the vibe that they were on their way back. Yeah, uh, I, I get that. I get that vibe, too. It's just with lines of dialogue later that, it, it, yeah, it confuses me. Uh, the, maybe the woman was with them just in case they they, they needed in case to. case they landed somewhere, yeah. Yeah, in case they crashed somewhere. But uh, yeah, pretty sure pretty sure they were on their way back to Earth because like they, they crash land here. And then they're they're all saying like, "Oh, this isn't Earth. This is somewhere else other than Earth." So it they yeah. it all, it seemed like they all expected to be landing on Earth and okay. not crashing, not crashing at the same time. Yeah. Well, here's another thing for you to look into in your next viewing. Pay more attention. Sounds like you've seen it a lot, but you don't haven't paid a lot of attention. So yeah, far. have I really seen it that much? <laughs> I don't know. Now now I'm questioning. I was like, did I even watch it for this? Did I have I have even seen it once before? Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. You know this isn't the one with Mark Wahlberg, right? Uh, this isn't the Tim Burton uh no. 2001. No, this is the, the original. Of the Apes? Oh, okay. Oh, shit. You can wing it. It's fine. Okay. Okay. I've seen that Mark Wahlberg one. I'm sure it's very, very similar to that. Yeah, I saw that one too. That yeah, it's, was. It's not. It's not similar to that. It's a bad movie. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a bad one. That was very bad. Yeah, very bad. We won't be covering that one. What? For anybody who's wondering, what? Probably won't get to that one in the Shoot. near future, at least. Shoot. I really did enjoy the crash landing sequence. I thought it looked phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the aesthetic of the movie as a whole really worked for me. That always has to do with like just the age of the cameras, like the type of camera that was available to them at the time. Yeah. I just love that aesthetic. I love the way yeah. it looks. I love the graininess to it. Uh, as mentioned before, this scene takes place in Arizona with the Red Rocks. They use the Colorado River a whole bunch. It's just gorgeous. Now, as the men are escaping the crash, Captain Taylor notices the year is now 3978. So, whoops. They've been in yeah. stasis way longer than they planned. Yeah, right. I think they were just supposed to be in stasis for a little bit. Before, it was 2673. Now it's 3978. Yeah. And something that's very strange, um, just a little a little note, because this is where, because you brought it up here that it's, uh, you know, 3978. 3978, yeah. 3978. Um, going forward in the franchise, when they refer back to this date, they say 3973, I believe. And they say oh, really? that 
multiple times. So every time this happens, I make sure to look to see if it's 70. And it's, it is. It's 78 on here. And so I don't know why. I think they say either 73 or 75. They might say 75, but it's, it's wrong. Like it's, it's a couple years off from what it is. And uh, I think they did like a crossover comic with Star Trek uh, where Spock confirmed what the actual date was for oh everybody <laughs> because it's this there's these different dates floating around in this franchise damn do i love nerds yeah i know right that's amazing yeah wow so their ship lands in a lake their ship sinks and they are stuck on this planet so lots of incredible shots here of the men riding a raft down this river then hiking up mountains. Yeah. They're sliding down the steep edge of mountains. Um, there's shots of the men way off in the distance walking. I noticed it was a lot of footage that you'd capture nowadays using drones. And they clearly didn't have drones back in the day. So what you have is men with gear hiking up mountains. Yeah. And like setting up a shot a mile away. Uh, that's all so very impressive to me. And kind of the main reason that this movie captured my attention so early on. Uh, I read several people, including the director, passed out from the heat uh, in shooting these scenes for this, this yeah. you know, first 30 minute sequence. Yeah, not surprising. It, uh, it looks like it's very hot and they have, oh man, the actors are wearing these like, space suits i thought they would oh, be, be so, so hot. hot in those oh. they look so hot uh but yeah the depth tim that you mentioned that stuff just I, I love seeing that when you just see someone there's three of them and like two will be walking you're like where's that other guy and he's so far away he's like half a mile away and they have it like they have him just like further ahead or further behind it's incredible stuff it just shows you like how big the space is it just gets clear to you you know how big this is and yeah obviously arizona just does not look like earth um so anytime you want to make something not look like earth you know put film it in uh, the arizona deserts with the rocks the red rocks it's uh it's great stuff yeah, it was really, really good. Uh, you could just tell such attention to detail, setting the shots up and just making them look spectacular. Yeah. Now, we mentioned it before, but for some reason, Captain Taylor is laying it on real thick that everything they knew back on Earth is gone. And everyone they knew is reduced to dust. He's being a real dick about it for some reason. Oh, yeah. He has like a maniacal laugh at one point about it. Like... I don't know, dude. He's he's taking pleasure in telling the others that like they're never gonna be back home again. Yeah, he's not uh, he's not your typical hero, which uh, <laughs> no, I really like and often you know often forget you know before I start the movie that you know Taylor isn't just this hero, this great hero of Planet of the Apes is is Taylor because you start the movie he's just being an asshole to everyone and I love that it sets that, it sets you up with Taylor, it sets that tone with Taylor um, that this isn't really the American astronaut hero that you're expecting here No No, this is a guy who is hoping the two men who survived the crash would have died and the woman who died would have lived and it would have been sure. him and her alone yeah. on a planet yeah. where he could laugh maniacally at her. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. While she's 
naked wearing nothing at his that, demand. That's exactly what he would love to do. Now they find a waterfall and pond and they all strip down naked and go for a swim. Now I think this movie is rated G. Yeah, yeah definitely. But you get butts. You get to see butt man butt. Yeah, lots. You get lots of man butt, lot. really. Several yeah. man butt shots. Yeah. That I would consider that not appropriate for G. Yeah. Like, not only do I not want to be seeing man butt as an adult, but I probably don't want to be seeing man butt as a kid. Yeah. And if you, like, they're getting in and out of the water at this point and, like, diving in and stuff. And if you're really looking closely, like, they're, you're getting some dick, too. Okay, so I didn't... I didn't look that close, but I'll take your word for it. But what I did notice is for some reason they had real white butts. Yeah. But tan bodies. (laughs) Right. How does that That, work? That doesn't really make sense. Okay. Maybe they're tanning bed on the ship. Yeah. Maybe they're sleeping. Maybe their sleeping chambers were actually tanning beds. Yeah. Maybe it doubles. You have to get their tan on. Yeah. Tanning. Yeah. Okay, that's got to be it, because they were wearing their entire jumpsuits out in that desert, so it wasn't from that. No, no. Whoops. Oops. (laughs) Oops. Whoops. Just the short one staff member, just the the staff member that would point out to that. Hey, uh, I don't think their butts should be white. (laughs) That, that, That doesn't make any sense. Can we color their butts, please? Shut up, Johnson. No one will care. Then they'd have to hire another person yeah. to be the butt painter. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Want to see that in the credits. <laughs> yeah. That, that'd be a claim to fame. Oh, I was yeah. the one who painted Charlton Heston's butt in yeah. Planet of the Apes. Exactly. Great. <laughs> yeah. It needed to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. It's yeah. not gonna, that butt's not going to paint itself. I, don't think I so. guess I guess you could just get them to sit in like a bucket of like paint or something. Yeah, yeah, that could have worked. That would have yeah. saved money. I I should be I'm a I sure should be to... a manager. I, I this this like, you don't need to hire someone. Just put a bucket of paint out there. I'm not sure if the actors all sat in a bucket of paint. If that would have looked more natural than just their white butts, you don't think so, eh? I don't think so. You know what we'll do though? We'll try it before we hire someone. Yeah. Yeah, okay, for sure. Okay. Um, it sort of fell off the rails a little bit there. Uh, naked swim. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. So the strangest thing happens when they go yeah. naked swimming. There's uh, some people, a group of people who come over and steal all their clothes. Yes. that's That sucks. Well, okay, that's... so it sucks that you lose your clothing, but it's cool that you found people. Yes, I would say these three should have kind of been a little bit more aware of the situation and maybe not just like took off everything, put it on the side and then went swimming without watching it. Because when they approached this waterfall, there were like these scarecrow type things that were in this form that looked like it was supposed to be scary. So it looked like these things were set up so that you wouldn't go there, so that you'd be afraid of that spot. So, you know, something intelligent set those up. I think if you're going to go for a swim, you know, maybe also keep an eye on your clothes. Oh, yeah. I would have turned around. It, it's yeah, basically like sure. it, it, they call them our scarecrows. They're like, do you think those are scarecrows? I'm like, no, 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 no. It, it basically looked like 
giant things that were created to say, do not come any further yeah. or you yeah. will certainly die. For sure. I, I would have like walked up to that and I would have been like, we are going the wrong way. Yeah. These three walked up to it and took off their clothes. <laughs> Let's get extra vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all fine and good. Um, these These people, though, there's like hundreds of them and they yeah. don't seem to speak. And then this was just utterly shocking to me and really kind of kicked this movie into high gear. Fucking apes come out of nowhere riding on horseback with rifles and they're killing everybody. Yeah. I was not prepared for this. I was just like, nature is so beautiful. Arizona and the Colorado River. (laughs) Now they're in a waterfall. Ah! What are they doing? Why are they killing all those people? Well, oh, they're killing them all. Oh, oh, that net didn't work at all. <laughs> oh, at least go for the ones with nets. You'll be able to get away. <laughs> Watch out for the ones with guns. Several people walked over that net. Yeah. <laughs> They've got guns and nets. Those are their two weapons. <laughs> one works very well and yeah. one doesn't work at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, very startling. Um, yeah. To, to see this all happen and then uh, really like really amazed at how cool the makeup was and how cool these apes looked because their fur is black, their yeah. faces look incredible and they're just wearing like jet black leather and they're riding black horses. It's like, yeah, essentially it kind of reminds me of um, Darth Vader riding that horse from Star Wars oh, yeah. Dark Visions. It's like, yeah, they were so ominous uh, it really terrifying. I think that really would have scared me as a kid. Yeah, definitely. And you can like tell already the makeup's just so awesome. Um, you'll we'll we'll notice it later even more. But right away, it's just like, oh man, like I love how these gorillas look. Um, and yeah, it's it's extremely shocking. All of the the panic, all of the shooting, and then all of like the bodies that are just getting piled. Like it's just yeah, it, it it's extremely shocking, especially when you find you just found. A bunch of people, you know, they they've been they've been wandering for twenty minutes or more, maybe half an hour, and then you've just found people. So now you think, okay, this is the thing we're going to be doing now is interacting with these people. And no, boom, they just hit you with the gorillas right away. Attack, run, panic. It's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed the makeup. Um, it was just a little bit weird when they were speaking sometimes because the mouth wasn't quite able to work the way that you'd, you'd want it to. Yeah. But I don't hold that against them. I I think it was just an incredible job that they did. Everything looked so cool. I think they also got a nomination uh, at the Academy Awards for makeup. That would make sense. Yeah. But I I mean, what doesn't make sense is that they didn't win. Yeah. How do you, how does that, how, how the fuck does that happen? But yeah, really, really cool. I, I loved it. So great, great scene here all around. Yeah. One of the best in the movie. Yeah, agreed. Now, one of the astronaut dudes gets killed. Um, and uh, Captain Taylor gets shot in the neck. Yeah, bet you didn't expect that to happen. No, didn't expect that to happen. Uh, didn't expect him to survive because... I don't know much about getting shot, but if I had to choose a place on my body to like least likely be hit by a bullet, 
My yeah. neck would be near the top. Very high. Very high on the list. Very high on the list of places yeah. not to get shot. Yeah. Maybe a lot even of the other top. places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like maybe just behind, like right in the head. But I don't, you have a skull even. So, like, you, there might even be a chance <laughs> right. your skull does the some most, work. Like, right. Your neck is it's like the, the most softest, vulnerable spot. Softest, yeah. most vulnerable spot. And he it's just number one. took one. He just took it might, it. might be number one. He took it like a good American boy and he got up and he didn't cry about it. He laughed at it. He laughed. He laughed maniacally. maniacally. Yeah. But he, you know, nothing came out because he had no more neck. Uh, the, they, they take him to town, to Ape Town, right? Yeah. And the, the doctor, <laughs> they somehow fix him. I don't know what they did. Ape Town sounds fun. <laughs> Ape Town sounds way more fun than what actually is in this movie. Yeah. They take him to Ape Town. I don't want to go to Ape Town. <laughs> Ape Town sounds like a really cool place in, in the Mad Max franchise. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. But this was more like dusty shithole. Yeah, it was a dusty shithole. If you had to sure. describe it. Yeah. <laughs> With cages, too many cages. Yeah. He he's okay. Like they fixed him, but he can't talk. His his neck is damaged. It's very sore. Yeah. Very. It hurts a lot to talk, so he can't he can't do that. Um, which allows them with this movie to start playing with the idea that he also can't talk. Yeah. And since none of the humans on this planet can talk, it's this funny relationship where, in the real world that we live in, you know apes can't talk and we kind of separate ourselves from them because we have language and they don't. So now they get to play with the opposite of that is that the apes in this movie have language and the humans don't. And even though, even though the people on this planet don't have language, he does have language, but he can't use it at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It also shows like these good steps of, um, of like communication because the humans there can't talk but they also can't communicate in any way you know like there's other ways to communicate other than talking and when taylor shows some of those not being able to talk but when he shows other ways to communicate with like gestures and understanding what other people are saying and then you know kind of uh responding in in a way of either just in his look or in his gestures uh that gets them to take notice because that's a type of communication that the other humans don't have exactly yeah and a, a dr zira so of the chimpanzees of the smart group. Yeah. She takes a liking to him because of like, he's doing these gestures. He's he, it looks like he's trying to communicate with her and he is. Um, but then uh, mean old Dr. Zayas, he's kind of like the, the villain in the movie, even though by the end you're kind of like, well, yeah, but is he though? Like, yeah, you're, I was kind of left like in a, with a gray area about, whether he's doing the right thing or the wrong thing, I kind of liked that because I, I sort of like hated him throughout the movie. And then at the end, I was like, well, but I kind of get it. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, really like elaborately developed character is quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. Which I think um, is why Taylor's the way he is also, because that makes Dr. Zayas at the end be, you know, you're not sure. You're not sure if you actually hate this guy or if he was kind of onto the right path because of the way Taylor is. I don't know what you mean by that, though. Well, I just don't want to spoil things. But Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't understand because I didn't f- finish the movie, so I don't know what actually happened at the end. No, I'm, I'm oh, okay, kidding. that's why. That's why you don't know. Just okay. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't. I don't understand what you mean. But maybe when we get there, you can say, "Hey, Tim, this is what I was talking about." Okay. That you, your brain couldn't comprehend. Okay. Yeah. Your puny little brain. Puny little human brain. You know how small <laughs> of a brain humans have, Tim? I wish I had an orangutan or um brain. Those are huge. Did I say it right? No. Shit. Well, Dr. Zayas, he thinks Taylor should just be killed like the rest because man is a nuisance. And they also have their belief system, the apes, and intelligent humans don't fit into that belief system. They don't believe that that's something that's ever existed. Right, yeah. Now, Dr. Zira brings Taylor a present. It's one of the females that was captured when he was captured, and he names her Nova. And then Taylor is able to get a hold of Dr. Zira's notepad, and he's able to write down that his name is Taylor. Right, so yeah. This is, this is great. Yeah. He does have language. So Zira and her co-worker, who is her fiancé and is named Dr. Cornelius, are in a room with Taylor, and he's passing them notes explaining that he's from another planet yeah. and that his ship crash-landed here. And... This was another like top scene for me in the movie, and I oh, yeah. don't really know why. Yeah. I was like, if, if Tim, if you're going to call this one of your top scenes, you have to explain why. And then I sat back, and I'm like, I don't understand why I like it so much. It was just something oddly fun of watching him quickly passing notes to them as they're having a conversation about him. And he's like, no, 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 let me correct you. Um, I, I just... The idea that Taylor is there and he's more advanced than them, but for the simple reason that he can't talk, he's considered like a lesser life form. Yeah. And yeah, yeah for just sure. All of this together, I just, I absolutely love the scene. I was laughing at it and it's not even yeah. all that funny, but I was laughing at it. No, but you're right. It is. And it's like, it's Zira and Cornelius. It's like their complete lack of understanding of what he's talking about because there's two people trying to talk from different worlds here. So they ask him questions like, where did you learn how to write? And he answers Jefferson Elementary. <laughs> like that doesn't mean anything to them. <laughs> right, right. So he passes them a note that's, that says that and Cornel- Cornelius reads it out loud. That doesn't mean anything to him. So it's like they're trying to communicate, but they're from such different worlds that they aren't meeting in the middle yet. Like it's just very confusing their discussion. And they're both trying to push like their the way they want the question answered and taylor just keeps trying to push the way he wants to explain it to them and just like nothing's making sense it's a i really enjoy the scene too it's a it's a great one so taylor is sent back in his cell some apes come to get him because it's that time in every prisoner's life where your balls need to be cut off yeah exactly (laughs) uh he taylor uh is not ready for that moment yet he yeah. would like to spend some more time connected to his balls. Yeah. <laughs> so he overpowers these apes and, you know, frequently overpowers apes in this movie. I mentioned it before. They seem yeah. weak. They're not like physically dominant. Um, it's fine. But Taylor's able to escape that situation. He's eventually caught 
and he's able to deliver his classic line of take your stinking paws off me, you damned dirty ape. That's an all-time banger in the (laughs) world of movie lines. Yeah, what a first line for him to deliver. They're not sure if this human can talk or not, (laughs) and that's the one he gives them. That's the mic drop right there. That's the mic drop, yeah. Yeah. So we haven't talked much about it yet, but there's been a whole bunch of put Taylor in the cage, take Taylor out of the <laughs> yeah. cage, put put Taylor in the cage, take him out, put him back in, take him out, take put him, him in, in cage. put him out, put him out, put him in. <laughs> so all that just ate up a whole bunch of minutes in the movie. <laughs> right. Yes. That, that we're there's not a really lot of that. Into. There's a lot of that. Put him in the outdoor oh. cage. Put turn the fire hose on him. Yeah, put him in the turn outdoor the cage. Put him <laughs> yeah. in the indoor cage. Hit him with the fire hose. Yeah. Uh, put his woman in with him. See if he'll uh, see if they'll create babies. Yeah. Cut Take his balls out. off. <laughs> Cut his balls off. Hit him with a bat. He's gonna grab a notepad. You're gonna beat him back. Then he's gonna grab it again. You're gonna hose him back. Then he's gonna actually get the notepad. Yeah. So for a change of pace, they decide to take him to court now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Dean, what did you think of this whole court case? Uh, Oh, I I, I really like the the court scenes um, because... It's they're they're so frustrating. Like the the orangutans <laughs> are just so frustrating trying to figure out what's going on. Like the the questions they're asking. Like they want to try to prove that uh, that he that Taylor has a brain and that he is you know that he can he can understand. So the the orangutans are just asking him about like ape law. It's like, right. There's no way he's gonna ever know any of that. Uh, they also don't want him to talk because that's like. That, that that shouldn't happen. Humans shouldn't talk. So they don't want him to talk, but they're also asking him questions. So he has to write down answers and give them to like Cornelius to answer. Uh, it's just, it's so funny. It's so ridiculous. And I love like how long it goes. These orangutans trying to figure out what's going on with this human that can talk. Um, they even like, they even like strip him down at the beginning. Like they just, they just want to, they don't want to give him any rights at all. He doesn't deserve rights. He's a human. So he doesn't have rights. So they just strip him down. They like abuse him with this uh, trial. Um, and then also kind of interesting that Cornelius and Zira are also kind of on trial. You know, it's, it's like a hearing for them as well for believing that Taylor has a brain, to believing that Taylor uh, can think. It's so funny. I, I love that it's in this movie. Yeah, definitely. You touched on, on a lot of great things there. Uh, I do love that <laughs> they keep yelling at Taylor to stop talking. Yeah. But when when he does talk, <laughs> the orangutans they all put their he- they put their heads down on the desk and cover their ears. Yeah, like they can't hit, let themselves hear it. But they'll be like, okay, let him say something. Let him say what he wants to say. Just let him get it out. Then they'll put their cover <laughs> cover their ears because they, they don't want to hear it. It's so weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cornelius and Zira, I love that they're on Taylor's side. Like, they're on the yeah. side of science and they're trying to prove that something's going on here, right? Like, this, this guy can talk. Why can he talk? None of the other humans here can talk. Something something weird is happening and we need to get to the bottom of it. We need to figure this out because like all the ideas that we have of our history and this world could be incorrect if this guy's here and talking to us. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. The 
the orangutans, they don't, they don't want to, they don't want to listen. And, you know, Dr. Zayas later on goes so far to say that this was, this entire court case was simply a ploy to yeah. get Zira and Cornelius to show their cards that they yeah. actually believe Taylor. And it's just a way for Zayas to charge uh, them with heresy and get yeah. them put in prison for like questioning yeah. their great beliefs. Exactly. You have your classic science versus faith debate here. And uh, Cornelius and Zira are on the science side. They see it in front of their face. They see this human communicating. So they believe that. But the, the you know, the religion side of it that the, the orangutans hold up is that that can't be because that's not in any of their teachings. So that it can't, it can't be that a human can talk. It can't be that a human can think um, that this just must be some sort of party trick that this human is able to do because that's not in any of their teachings, which you said before, like the religion and the government, you know, running together um, is a problem for this, for this society because they won't listen to these scientists. They won't listen to um, Cornelius and Zira who have evidence right in front of their face. Yeah. So with Taylor back in jail and, probably going to be killed and Zira and Cornelius going to be, you know, getting thrown in jail. Zira ends up freeing Taylor and Nova from their cage and together they all escape to the coast. But Dr. Zayas and his men catch up and Cornelius tells them as they're on the coast there that there's a cave nearby where he found human fossils and artifacts. So they all go with Dr. Zayas and they find these artifacts and the artifacts are from a technologically advanced human society that predates the apes. So this is uh, another kind of cool part here. The apes don't know what this shit is, right? They're just like, right. this is just artifacts. Yeah. Taylor knows what these are. Taylor recognizes one of the items is false teeth, another one as eyeglasses, and another one as a valve from a heart operation. Right. And I liked Zayas's response to this. He's like, I could tell you three other <laughs> uses for these items, you know, just right. like that fit into our beliefs. Yeah. You know, it, was, yeah. it was a really good, like, uh, he, he said, she said type of thing where definitely you can yeah. tell me that these are eyeglasses, but I don't know that as much as you don't know that these are used for like, I don't know, cutting the hair off of our earlobes or something. Right. So right. <laughs> yeah. you can't prove that that's not true. I can't prove that what yeah. you're telling me is true. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. Uh, that was neat. But then they find a doll that can say mama. Yeah. And Taylor, I love this one. Taylor throws the doll at Zayas and says, why would an ape make a human doll that talks? Love it. That doesn't make any sense. No ape would do that. When they find the doll, Zayas is trying to explain away why there would be a human doll, um, you know, which, which kind of makes sense. He was like, yeah, apes would have like pets like would have human pets. So of course you would have a doll like that. It's just like having a pet. Um, but then when, yeah, when it speaks, it's like, boom, gotcha. Why would they make a doll that speaks? Why would they make a, a little baby doll that speaks? It was such a sick burn. It was a sick I, burn. It was uncomfortable in my, in my room when I was yeah. watching it. Yeah. Everything went quiet and it was uncomfortable. Oh shit. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Whoa. 
Yeah, dude. Why? Why? Sick burn. Yeah. Why would an ape make a talking doll? Answer the question. Yeah. Tell us, doctor. Answer the question, Dr. Zayas. Yeah. Well, you know what? He doesn't have a chance to answer because there's gunfire outside. So they all yeah, have to run out right. of the cave. Yeah. Also, oh. <laughs> I just before we before we get to that, Tim, I think it is important to mention that Dr. Zayas has twice, at least twice in this movie, messed with Taylor's uh, intelligence uh, to cover it up. So like one time Taylor wrote, I can write in the ground and yes. Dr. Zayas came by and scribbled it out. So you're right. like, what's up with that? This guy seems to know something. And another time, Taylor made a paper airplane, which this was also hilarious. This was in the scene where he was writing notes back and forth. He made a paper airplane, and Cornelius just went crazy for that thing. He thought it was amazing that it would float in the air. Dr. Zayas crumbled that thing up when he got a, got a hold of that. Yeah, this is great. This is some of the character work that I love out of Dr. Zayas. Like, yeah. they drop the hints that he already knows what's going on. Yeah. And he's just trying to protect things. And when he sees that airplane, I feel like he knows what it is because what, what gave it away for me is that he picks it up off the ground and he says, what is this? And Dr. Zira says, yeah, it's a made out of paper and it can fly. It uses the air to float. And I feel like an inquisitive Dr. Zayas would have tried it. He would have been, oh no, it it can't possibly do that and throw it. And I was waiting for him to throw it, but he doesn't. He just grabs it and he crumples it up into a ball because I feel like he already knows it will fly. And he's trying to like stomp that out before it goes any further. So those are a couple of really great moments for his character. Yeah. So outside the cave, um, the, the apes are trying to revolt. They're trying to, you know, get Taylor and well, they, they've like taken one of, Zira's nephews or something like that out there. They've yeah. they've like gotten him. So everybody has to come outside. Taylor takes Zayas as a hostage. He asks for food and a week's worth of bullets for his gun in exchange for releasing Dr. Zayas. And the apes agree. And in a very, very uncomfortable moment, Taylor kisses Dr. Zira on the lips goodbye why does he do this i have no idea what's he doing why is he doing this i assure you nobody wants this no nobody watching wants to see to see this this (laughs) was so uncomfortable what is happening this is classic taylor this fucking yeah exactly maniacal weirdo just like he's ready to leave with nova with his girl nova and he just like looks at zero and he's like I would like to kiss you goodbye. I think he just says, I'm going to. Like, he doesn't, he's not like, I would like to. He's like, I'm going to kiss you, doctor. It was so bizarre. Her fiance, Cornelius, is standing right there. Yeah. His, like, lips start to flutter in anger a little bit. Uh, Nova is like, what the hell's going on? Am I getting, am I getting, like, traded up for here? Is he going to (laughs) go away with the ape? I don't know if they were trying to be funny with this, but. Damn, dude, did I not like this at all? No. It's just so kiss her on the weird. cheek, please. Yeah. Just ki- He just goes in for the mouth. It's because those damned, uh, damned ape lips, they're chimpanzees, <laughs> but those damned lips, they don't work correctly. I already mentioned, yeah. like, when they talk, they don't move the right way. So watching <laughs> Taylor try to move in. It's a... It's an open mouth kiss because those mouths don't close. <laughs> so so like, it's, it, it's an open mouth kiss. He got inside that mouth. 
that was, monkey mouth. His lips went into her mouth, basically. Into her mouth, yeah, exactly. And that's not cool. No. Classic Taylor. Uh, Zayas ends up blowing up the cave to keep his secrets and says Zira and Cornelius will, in fact, be charged with heresy, but they'll only spend two years in prison, but they have to do that to keep up this entire ruse yeah. that the apes are the most intelligent species. They didn't evolve from a previous human species or anything like that. They've kind of always been here and they're the smartest. So that's what Zaius is trying to do. He's trying to protect this whole belief system. And even though he probably shouldn't, I kind of understand why he's trying to do it. Well, yeah, here's where I will bring up what your small brain could not understand before, Tim. Right. And that is uh, like he, he brings out a line at the end here to Taylor about how destructive man is a line from the scriptures or whatever the ape scriptures and i think that's he knows that this is a possibility that somehow humans could be intelligent or were intelligent and that is a a violent problem and the apes don't like violence amongst themselves so keep to keep the humans out and keep the humans down keeps that violence away so i was saying that like taylor even really pushes this more that you would have to cover it up because he's such a he's so aggressive aggressive violent man who will go in for a kiss with the ape just because he wants to and he's shooting he's just shooting off this gun killing apes all over the place just because he's yeah the violent aggressive man so he really plays into zayas having to cover this up and i like that's why i understand i'm like yeah this was the guy this was the human that uh, that came with intelligence to you that makes sense that you would just be like nah get him out of here and let's make sure everyone just understands our our uh, our teachings yeah exactly great point and i think zayas beyond just like the um violent humans i think he knows even more about what they have actually done to this planet yeah. because yeah. i think he's actually traveled around quite a bit they have this area called the Forbidden Zone where no ape is allowed to go. And it's because there's like human artifacts around. And there's yeah. um, uh, examples of, of, of a, a previous civilization. So they just say you can't go there. It's poisonous. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure, you know, the, the or Orangutans, they've all gone out and seen these areas. And they've made the rules yeah. that you can't go out there because of what they've seen. And yeah. we get a small glimpse of that now as Taylor and Nova make their way down the coast on horseback. And we get one of the all-time classic endings when they come upon the top portion of the Statue of Liberty lying on the beach. It's been blown, blown up. And that means that this is, in fact, Earth. They got back safely. It's just a thousand years in the future. And the previous humans blew it up. They basically had like a nuclear war and blew up the planet. And Zaius knows that happened and is trying to protect his people and the end. Yeah, exactly. He knows he knows that humans destroyed the planet. Humans lost their chance and he doesn't want he, he he is very threatened that there's an intelligent human in his little village, you know, does not want that human there. That is a bad sign. Humans destroyed the earth. Um, it's the apes earth now. And uh, yeah, he wants to keep it that way. I really liked the intro watching this movie a second time. 
because you don't get it the first watch, but the second watch, the intro really foreshadows the predicament that they find themselves in. Because in that intro, Taylor, in his like monologue, he's talking about wondering what the humans are like after all this time. If they're still fighting with their brothers and letting their neighbors' kids go hungry. This was one of the reasons why I definitely thought they were heading back to Earth, because he was posing right. questions to Earth. I wonder right. if you're still yeah. like yeah. that. I, I'm yeah. curious to find out now that we're coming home. But the whole reason they crash in the lake is because there were no systems in place to direct their shuttle to where it's supposed to land. That's the only reason they crash landed. The shuttle went back to Earth as it was supposed to. There was just nothing there to receive them. And that kind of like explained that whole scenario of like, because they don't do anything with that. They're just like, ship's malfunctioning. Oh, holy shit. Everybody wake up. Oh, we're crashing. Well, why did that happen? Well, this is why. There's no systems in place anymore. So I really, really liked that aspect of that intro watching it the second time. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Such a great way. Uh, such a great thing on the second viewing. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of like, you know, cool things to to notice on the second viewing. I really like uh, when one of the, the astronauts plants a little tiny American flag. You know, he's taking the time to plant a little tiny American flag in the desert. Thought that was so funny. <laughs> it's just, yeah, you're you're in Arizona, man. <laughs> it's already it's yeah. already been claimed by the United States. <laughs> yeah. Cool. OK, well, as with all of the time travel movies this year, we are going to rank them in the order that we like them. So we have three movies. Dean, why don't you go first with your rankings? Sure. Uh, bottom top or top to bottom? Let's go. Uh, let's go uh, bottom, bottom to top. Bottom to top. Okay. My rankings for the three time travel movies that we've covered so far. Time Cop is the bottom number three. This movie, Planet of the Apes, is number two, and number one is about time. I have the exact same ranking. Nice. I think that's the right call. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is like, it's like Time Cop, a huge gap, then Planet of the Apes and about time up there. Yeah, okay, now um, I, I will share this, that... This isn't just an arbitrary thing, like, which one did I like better? I started off with that. I'm like, oh, I like this one better. Well, now I like this one better. And then I thought, when we have 10 movies here, how am, how am I going to know which one I like better? So I'm actually putting... <laughs> Why are you dumb when you like something? <laughs> no, just because that's an arbitrary thing to say. Just I, I like no, this I one know. better than that one, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. I just Why like, do I like, you like your this voice one better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's... Yeah, okay. It, it's an, a, more in, a more sophisticated voice, a more intelligent voice would say, yes. the reason I like this one better is because I gave a point rating system to each movie. Ah, and nice, okay. out of 10, I rated each movie. And whichever movie rates higher, that's the one I like better. So cool. that's all I'm trying to say. I'm not going to share that. Ooh. Probably until like the last episode, I'll just say what oh, I cool. gave okay. each one. Yeah. Because I don't oh. want to get into that type of shit right now. But yeah, yes, uh, we are ranking them in order and I do have a point system. Cool. It goes down to like decimal system even just in case there's any ties. Yep. But, you know, at the end of the year, I'll share, you know, what I rated each movie. Fun. Cool. Uh, awesome. 
well, that's all. Goodbye. No, just kidding. We have to <laughs> we have to promote some stuff. See you later. I feel like our most classic people... sign off. Goodbye and see you later. <laughs> most people are already gone, so it's right. just. Uh, I feel like it's an empty theater at this point. There's just like a couple people around, but we appreciate yeah. you people for sticking around. You right. know, you're the truth. They're trying to see if there's a post credit scene or something. <laughs> Maybe we're setting up the next podcast, the next right. episode, right. waiting for it. Even yeah. though we never do stuff like that. No, then when they end, when the credits just end here, they're like, ah, why did I sit around and wait for that? Hey, you know what? Let's spoil next week's episode because just because, just in case anyone is still listening. Wow. Let's okay, do it. sounds good. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, next week, we are going to be doing a cartoon episode, and we're going to be covering the very first episode of one of the most beloved cartoons of the 80s, Thundercats. And even moving beyond that, I think it might be fun to maybe start reviewing first episodes of 80s cartoons. Super fun. So we'll see what happens. But anyways, next week, Thundercats, season one, episode one. Check it out if you want to watch it. And uh, um, so you have like a, you've already seen what we've seen when we start talking about it. It's on Daily Aren't you glad you stuck around? Yeah, that's what you get for sticking around. Yes. Now, please help us out. Support us here at Talking Back. Just tell, tell your friend about an episode. This might be a good one to tell them about. Uh, if not, tell them about your favorite. Okay, just tell them about an episode. Check us out on Patreon. We got lots of fun stuff going on over there. Uh, check out our YouTube channel, which is called Demo Dash, where each week Dean and I download a demo, a free demo from the Nintendo store, and one of us tries to race through it, learn how to play it, and beat it in 20 minutes. And you win some and you lose some. Yeah, this is true. But... It's always fun. So check that out and subscribe to that channel. And uh, also check out bfopnetwork.com. Uh, there's all sorts of amazing other podcasts over there. If podcasts are your thing, if you like listening to us, we assure you, you'll like listening to them. Uh, lots of great stuff there. And uh, Dean, thank you for joining. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will catch you next time. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion you're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. <laughs>